Welcome to um, our time of being together as saints of the Most High God this morning. James is in Slidell, Louisiana, right, south, right outside of Baton Rouge. He was invited by a local fellowship there to come and minister on the finished work of Christ Friday night, Saturday morning, and this morning. And uh, I don't, did anybody see his pod, podcast from Friday? Barbara, you saw it? Justin? Okay. Uh, last week he was sharing um, in the context of this class about uh, imputed and imparted righteousness. And Friday night he launched off of that same platform with the saints and they came unglued. It was incredible to watch it, you know. Um, but today we just simply encourage him in the spirit that as we are together as saints in this class and as, as we go into the, to the main meeting a little bit later, he's going to be there in Slidell, Louisiana, continuing to minister the grace of God, the finished work of Christ, and watch those saints just come alive in heart. And just recognize, again, as we are recognizing who we are in Christ. It's not that we're becoming anything. It's just we're realizing who we are, you know. And uh, it, it's, also, it's awesome. So today we want to be here to encourage one another. And I thought it would be interesting for all of us to share with each other. And uh, I remember last week before James got here and got his battery all squared away, uh, the young couple that sits right over here, is that your daughter, or your son and daughter-in-law, isn't it? They shared a little bit about what God is doing in their life. We had a couple more share. Um, but today I want to open up the, uh, up the gates. Just want to share with you a little bit of something that I, you know, we're finding nuggets of truth that just amplify what's going on in our lives. It's just so cool. The Word of God just says, see, 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 it's right here. See, right there, right there. And uh, I got to just researching and, and, and as the scripture encourages us to be good Bereans, don't accept everything that everybody says. Go to the scriptures, study it for yourself, and let the Holy Spirit lead you into all truth. That's His work in the believer's heart today. Leading us into all truth. Leading us into truth. And the truth is continually setting us free. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free to begin with. And so His, His Spirit just continually reminds us of this truth and sets us free. So let's begin in prayer and just seriously ask the Lord as to whether you would be the one today to share that which is happening in your heart and your life right now as a result of the truth that's going on in your life because that nugget could be something that would inspire another believer or ignite the other believer to share something that says, yeah, that's it, let me talk, you know? Because in reality, we are all witnesses of the gospel. We witness, we overcome by His blood and the word of our testimony. We're going to share it. I will encourage one another. So let's begin in prayer. And I, I'm with you, Justin. The full revelation of grace today is unspeakable joy. Uh, J- James shared with us last week, and th- my wife always tells me this. Hazel, Hazel, she says, I have such great joy. It's the earmark of my relationship with God. You know, <laughs> you know un- unspeakable joy. David even said in the Psalms, with joy I draw from the wells of salvation. And he wasn't even a part of the new covenant. He was just hungry for the reality. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Let's begin in prayer. Abba, Father, 
Lord, it's so good to know that we are in relationship with you at this very breath, at this very moment. In our time and space and history, Lord, you dwell with us richly. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you haven't left us to ourselves to be miserable. But Father, you live within us, you walk beside us, Lord, thank you so much that today we have the opportunity of allowing the Holy Spirit, recognizing that you, the Holy Spirit, is at work among us today. So Lord, our hearts expect the miraculous. Our hearts expect the supernatural. Lord, our hearts are expectant because with with you all things are possible. Our part is what we do. We rest in believing and receiving in the name of Jesus Christ. And to you be all glory, Lord. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. I love this class. Provides musical background, you know. Uh, uh, reading the scriptures to rhythm. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, I love it. Last week, Jane was talking about, a little. give a quick overview how in the history of the church, in a matter of just a few hundred years, after Christ had been crucified and resurrection happened, within a few hundred years, the traditions of men began to enter the arena of the spoken gospel. And as a result, men began to add to the gospel things that weren't and are not really there. It still even happens today, as a matter of fact. Extra biblical teaching, extra scriptural teaching. But one of the teachings that became prominent in the Roman Catholic experience because of the Roman influence, the cultural influences upon the early church, they begin to talk about, yes, there is such a thing as righteousness, but it's imputed righteousness. And he talked about the imputing of, of righteousness, how that... In the Roman Catholic Church, there is, the, there is that theological teaching of, yes, there is, God imputes righteousness to you, but they leave it short and say, however, you're not perfected, because when you die, you go to purgatory, and in that setting, you are purged of what the remainders of sin that's in your life. And once all that's worked out through whether you do it yourself in the unseen realm or the prayers of the saints, I've heard of people in the Catholic Church praying for their loved ones that have gone on in purgatory and supposedly somewhere in that whole experience you become yeah so you get to a relationship with God that you are allowed to go out the back door exit of purgatory and into the heavenly somehow I don't I don't understand all that but anyway that teaching is there has been there for years then from within the Roman Catholic experience a young man, a young theologian by the name of Martin Luther began to go to the scriptures and research the scriptures for himself and he said, wait a minute, what is all this add-on stuff? And he began to go back, look at the book of Romans, read the book of Ephesians and he began going, wait a minute, we are justified by faith alone. And as a result, the movement that we call Protestants or protests, the protests against the Roman Catholic Church rose up and there became a movement called the Protestants. And uh, this is where the, the multiple uh, Christian sects come from. 
uh, whether you're Baptist or Methodist or Episcopal or Episcopalian, uh, Lutherans, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, all of the, those different groups came up in a Protestant movement, a protest against the Roman Catholic experience. Well, they began to talk about justification by faith where that it wasn't a matter of imputation, but righteousness was imparted to you by faith. Again, a truth, both having truth, but they didn't take it far enough because alongside of all that teaching, there was always the, the uh, uh, underlying experience of that we were going to have to do something, whether it's in purgatory, we had to keep working to get right with God, or even in full faith, there was all that, de- the, the deal where there was always that lacing of the law, having to look at the law. But I have great news, as we've been sharing over the last few weeks, that all of that has changed because of what Christ has done. What Christ did is He gave a wake-up call. When we go back to the original Scriptures, and I found a nugget of truth as a result of what James was talking about last week, which I just think is so cool. Uh, remember, James it was sharing along the lines, this is how that whenever, whenever Christ died and he came forth before he resurrected in that three day period what did he do? Do you remember what he did? What did he do? That's right. That's right. Even as they were hanging on the cross the Christ looked at the one who was being crucified next to him and that young man said hey I'm a sinner help me and God in person said to him truly truly I say to you today I'm going to be with you and he said, in paradise. Now remember, that the term paradise is a broad statement regarding a place that God has prepared for those that believed. All right? In the Hebrew, the term was Sheol. In Greek, it was called Hades. When Christ died, he did not ascend directly into the heavenlies. But he actually took that young man who believed, took him by the hand, and he led him into Sheol. He descended He went into the realm where all of those that had believed for ages and eons before were gathered together in the bosom of Abraham. Why Abraham? Because Abraham believed and it was given to him for righteousness. And in that context, the Bible says that the Lord God just, His whole heart is, He just wants to see that you believe. And as you believe, that's what he, had, he ties himself to. That had what he binds himself to. He wants to have union with us. His whole heart is that he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to be with me and you. And that's what Christ did. He made it possible when he ascended into Sheol. The Bible says he took the key of death and hell and he unlocked that door and they had a great celebration. But not just there. He took them out of that place and they came up through the the earth. And the Bible even talks about how some of those that came out of Sheol actually were resurrected out of their graves and they went back into their hometowns and went up to their neighbors and their friends and went, it's the truth. Uh, can you imagine that neighbor seeing that experience freak you out like Halloween has come early for sure this year you know that was wild I know that was wild but it actually happened and then it says they disappeared 
Where did they disappear? They were with Christ entering into the heavenlies. And that's where Christ led the captives, the captivity captive. He he bound them to Himself and He walked into the Father's throne room and He said, Father, here are the ones that I have purchased for You and why You did what we did. These are the gifts of the hearts of men. And He presented them to God. And you and I now are a part of that. But you know what is so cool? Let's look at Hebrews 11 and read the passages that James referred to last week. All right? Hebrews chapter 11. All of these saints that passed away and went home to be early with the Lord, they were in Sheol. Now, I know Hebrews is in my Bible. Yes, Hebrews right here. Yes, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Hebrews, now, remember, the only reason, well, not the only reason, but a main reason as to why those believers in Sheol were not released earlier is because they could not be righteously presented before the righteous God without what Christ had done. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 13, speaking of all these people that, that, that was, is identified uh, as people of faith in chapter 11, uh, Abel, Enoch, uh, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, all of these people. Verse 13 says, all these died, the little phrase, in faith. All these died in faith without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So they had a clue that something greater than their their temporal existence on the earth was really happening. Then in, in chapter 11, look at verse 39. The writer continues to... By the way, I believe that Paul wrote Hebrews even though it doesn't state that. But the writer here starts talking about Jacob and Moses and uh, 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 Rahab and talks about Gideon and Barak and not Barack Obama, just Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. Then in verse 39 it says, And all these, having gained approval through their, what? Faith. See, the Lord's always looking for faith. Do you believe? 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 Not that I believe in that I believe. I believe in whom? I believe in Him. What He has done. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Why? Here's the answer. Because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us, they, speaking of the ones in Sheol... They should not be made perfect. Now, guess what? That means that this great supernatural genius work that God has done in Christ and allowed us to enter into a relationship with God by faith has now, according to the Scriptures, not only provided them the way to receive the promise because of what He has done, 
But now we are part of that promise. It has been imparted to us. Not just imputed. It has been imparted to us by faith. And it is a present reality. And the Bible says, They were able to be made perfect until that which was better to come, which we're a part of. Do you know that you and I are perfect right now because of our faith in God? Amen. What? You tell most religious people that they're perfect or they're righteous and they drop their teeth and almost pass out. I'm serious. But the reality is this. What God has done is so incredibly awesome. Yes, awesome. What God has done is so far outside of the mind of man that He's made it possible for me and you walking in the sphere of this created globe, the experience of our world, no matter what the circumstances may be, because we simply believe He has escorted our hearts now into a new realm of existence. We are no longer relegated to this fallen sinful world. But you and I have been united with the living God by faith. And a result, you and you alone by faith have been made perfect and righteous. And God says through His death, I impute to you righteousness. And through His resurrection, I give impart to you this kingdom that you can't see. But now you sit with me in heavenly places. Because that's where I'm at am and you're joined to me see that's the excitement of my short term on the life on the face of the earth and your short term it ain't over the best is yet to come we have promises these guys just just didn't recognize the promise of being joined to god we're already joined to god and the promises that god's given us are far superseding all that even eye has not seen ear has not heard Neither has it entered the heart of men what God has prepared for them that believe. Ah, His ways are 180 degrees different from our ways. Way out there, way out there. Now, I'd like for you guys to consider telling all of us, and hopefully we're going to get it so that we can get everybody to hear you, so we don't have to scream and all that kind of stuff. I'd like to share with us what's going on in your life What's going on in your heart? Maybe you've been meditating on, on this, this righteousness that you are in Christ. And you're just bubbling up inside going, yeah, this is the truth that I'm learning. This is what I'm living. I'd like for you to share, share that with the group. But I want to point one more scripture to you and then be prepared to share. share. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Write that down wrong. Oh, it was John. First John. Sorry about that. First John. First John chapter 2. Verse 9. Now remember, John wrote based on his relationship with God, loved of the Lord, just incredibly. And he's talking about having a relationship with God. And in verse in chapter 2. Verse 29, he talks about this righteousness that we have. Listen to these words. This applies to both me and you now. If you know that Christ is righteous, do we know that? Yes. I love this. If you know that Christ is righteous, you know that everyone also 
who practices righteousness is born of him. Chapter 2, verse 29. 1 John 2, 29. This week I've been going around telling myself, I know that Christ is righteous. I know that every, every work of righteousness, practice of righteousness that I do, just affirms in me, I am born of Him. I'm born of Him. You need living proof? The righteousness that manifests itself out of your life is not because of who you are. It's because of who you are in Christ. It's His righteousness. You exude, you manifest His life. We're living the life of another. His life has been imputed and imparted. Through His death, we came... His righteousness is imparted to us. Through His resurrection, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. He dwells within us because we are a new creation. We are a brand new heart. That's what David longed for. Oh, a new heart in me that I might not sin against you. And the Lord says, guess what? That's the promise in the whole act. The whole act of of what I'm doing. What I'm promising in the crucifixion. What I'm promising in my resurrection. You and I now are joined to the living God by faith. It's not that He's out there anymore or just around us. He dwells within us. We, you, are the temple of the living God. The temple. He dwells within you. Dwells within you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Scott, you're righteous, man. Woo! Oh, man. It is incredible. Justin, you are righteous. Jason, you're righteous. Oh, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, and you're perfect. You are at a place in a relationship with God by simple faith. It's so simple, yet it's so dynamic. By simple faith in God, the perfection that God's presented to you makes you, credits to you the ability that either Jesus coming in the clouds, you are joined immediately. Your body will be transformed and you will celebrate with the cloud of witnesses that have gone on before us. Or when we draw our last breath, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. Just like that. No purging, no cleansing, no works, no get on the treadmill in the unseen going, oh God, what do I do now? No, not a secondary experience. You are first rate in the kingdom of God. Christ did it for us and us alone. Oh, what joy, what joy. How about you guys? What's going on in your hearts? I'd like for you to share. Anybody want to share something at all? I just had the image when you said um, in the in the first John 2, 29. 29, and it said that those that practice righteousness, an image came to me of my son, my little toddler, where he's practicing using his fork, and he's practicing playing ball, and he's practicing climbing the stairs and how perfect his desire is and how perfect his will is and how the restraints of his little body and his experience holds him back from doing what appears perfect but how actually perfect he is in it yes that's incredible what a great example that's right as a matter of fact i heard warden brothers share uh regarding that that whole arena of perfection he says that lawyers practice law. James is a lawyer. He practices law. Doctors practice medicine. Okay? Doesn't mean they're perfect. Okay? But they're practicing. Now, wait a minute. 
how did we come to get to be practicing? The scripture there in, in uh, 1 John 2.29 talks about those who practice righteousness. Does that mean I'm just kind of hit and miss and hope it works? No. The practice there is in, in terms of this. When a doctor receives his privilege to practice law, there was a review board that watched him during an internship. And that review board had a certain criterion that that person had to meet. There had to be something done by the individual. When once that criterion is met over a certain amount of time, then that board gives its stamp of approval and says, we give you the authority now to practice medicine. As a law, even in a lawyer, they go through up to the bar exam. The bar exam has a certain criteria. When you meet this expectation within our culture, we give you the right now. We give you the authority to practice law. Here's what God did in Christ. He says, guys, I'm going to give you the authority to practice righteousness. He says, and I'm going to raise the bar really, really high. Here's what you're going to have to do. Believe in me. Believe in me. Be- but I've got to have something else to do, God. He says, okay, then why don't you just worship me? Amen. Believe in me. And by meeting the criterion of believing on the one whom God has sent, you and I are given the authority to practice righteousness. Who'd have thunk it? It's genius. It's incredible. Someone else like to share? What's going on in your life? Yes, yes. Uh, this morning I was reading in Mark. And uh, last two weeks, my wife and I have been with her brother, who is a pastor. So a lot of, I've missed a lot here, but there's a lot that has happened in thought with him. But in Mark, I was reading in Mark 3, sorry, Mark 1, about a man with leprosy. And, and he, says, he says to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. That's his faith. And Jesus says, I'm willing. And he says, be, be clean. Now, in English, we only have one word for being. Yes. So is Jesus saying, be clean, like, go and clean yourself up? No. Is he saying, be clean, like, it's going to happen in the future? No. He's saying, right now, yeah. you are clean. Yeah. And when he says to us to be holy, even as your Father is in heaven is holy, he's not saying, work it out. He's not saying, wait for it. He's saying, you are. When God makes you a sheep... And not a goat. What have you done to do? I mean, how can you, how can you, how can you do that yourself? If God makes you wheat instead of chaff, what do we do? How did we do this? Is this something we have to do? Is it something we work out ourselves so that we can take credit? No. No. We just believe and go with it. We flow with it, and 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 we we give Him the praise and the glory. Absolutely. And our actions should come out of knowing. Who and what is in us. Yes. Not by fear and guilt. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes, and you just said the difference between religion and relationship. Religion says you've got to do something to get righteous. God says, no, I made you righteous, and as a result, the acts, the practice of righteousness will manifest all the deeds that I require of you. You can rest in that. Someone else? This is good stuff. Oh, yeah, bro, thank you. I was talking to a friend, uh, and I was uh, last night on the phone, uh, 
and we were talking about how the burden of the, of the uh, law and stuff, and I got like a revelation back in 2008 about Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. And when you were reading this morning about the, the faith people, it said that they were looking for a country. Had they been looking for their own country, and I think that's Israel, I'm not sure, but they would have went back and stayed or whatever. But they, they instead did the tents because they knew that God had prepared them a better country, which was heaven, a heavenly one. So I'm looking at that like, wow, that's awesome. So it kind of it goes with that, that uh, when you put yourself under uh, Mount Sinai and you don't look for the glorious uh, Christ within inside the Torah itself and see all the cool things that are inside that, that, you know, foretell of, of Christ and what he would do, then you miss out on Mount Zion, which is the heavenly country. So God takes you from Sinai, which is the law of Moses, and the six, first five books of our Bible is the law, by the way. He takes us from that, and he shows us that Jesus shows, actually, his two disciples on the road to Emmaus, that he was in those laws, prophesied. And then he brings us to Mount Zion, and that's where we're at. And not to push a song or anything, but I got a song called Zion, so check it out on ReverbNation.com. Thank you. No. <laughs> But, you know, the cool thing, man, is no more law. The, the, the goodness of God, the righteousness that we practice is just the flow of a river that's in us. We don't need revival. We are in revival constantly because of the river of life that's living in us now because of Zion, because of, because of a new mountain, a heavenly country we see now, not, not the, 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 what we're used to see, and which was we were just seeing in the dark, you know. We were trying to get to the – we were trying to climb Mount Everest, under the law, <laughs> with no with no mountain gear, you know, and God, you know, has brung us to another mountain, and He says, "Now look where you're at, yes. and tell others, you know, tell others about this great good news, because this river, I'm telling you, folks, it's not. You're going to start to tell people, and it's going to start to burst inside you. You're going to start to tell people big time, and you might get rejected, you might get accepted, but man, the harvest is ready to go for it. So, you know, Zion." God bless. <laughs> Someone else, what's going on in your hearts? Okay. Oh, this is good. This is good. See, the heart of the Father is just, he, he not only wants to be with us, he is with us. He is with us. Remind yourself. Get your brain caught up with your spirit. Hey, yeah, the Lord's within me. I'm in him. Oh, uh, yeah, it's good news. Uh, this is a little difficult for me to share, but I just feel like I'm supposed to share it. But um, this is all new to me. Um, I started coming in July, and um, I was raised in religion, but I couldn't handle the constant never measuring up, you know. And um, so got involved in drugs and stuff at a young age just to cope with life. And um, so I haven't been in church the last six years. I've been in a 12-step recovery. And um, actually, I've I I found God there because they asked me a question, how do you see God? And I saw God as an abuser, a raper, um, as, um, you know, not a safe person at all, kind of like Pastor was talking about last Sunday. And just me admitting that, because I knew what the Bible said, but just me admitting that um, um, opened up a place where I could maybe receive something different than what I believed in my heart. And so um, the first day I came was July 4th, and, um, and then the next Sunday was this gentleman that does here, James. 
he preached. And so I got his CD and I listened to it over and over again. But I think when I started going on Wednesday nights, listening to the pastor with the, the whole the whole concept, it was something that I freely inv- in, embraced because it was something that I knew, but I, I wasn't around it, you know, where I couldn't receive it. And um, another thing that cleared up for me is um, is I I could always relate with the prodigal's son that stayed behind. That was me. And so I had gotten the revelation, but also someone had talked about that too, and at they think at the breakout thing. The prodigal's the prodigal the man that the guy the son that stayed behind was law. And that was a real revelation for me because I was always condemning myself. Well, why am I so resentful? Why am I so this? Why am I so that? You know, and, and, and it was law. And there's, there's no shame in that because I'm not under law anymore. So it's, um, it's uh, I've been doing what Pastor's saying is just baby steps. In other words, when I look at people, I'm putting their performance, anything they say or do is completely alien. I'm not even acknowledging that. And it's true. What's left is is love. You can't help but love. But you know, there's there's the mindsets. But as I like, they encourage you get into the word yourself because I am one with him. You know. Another thing too. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been really I'm a visual person, and I was thinking the other day that I felt like when God sees me, he sees a mirror. I'm in, behind a mirror, and all he sees is himself reflecting back. He doesn't see me at all. So it's really helping me able to to acknowledge that I'm I'm joined with him. But you know, it's just a it's an amazing concept. And I find myself at such peace. I come home at work and it's like well, I don't need to do do do. You know, I just be, you know. So anyway, I'm blessed to be here. That's thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yes, religion wants you to be a human doing. Christ just wants you to be a human being. Just rest in Him. Rest in Him. Anyone else want to share? There's a golden opportunity. Uh, It's rich. Thank you for being brave enough to go ahead and share that today. And you are right. When the Lord, when God, He's still the judge, okay? But when God judges... Judgment has passed as far as our relationship. He placed all sin upon Christ, His Son. He judged sin in His Son. And whenever we believe on that judgment of His Son, that's when you are righteous. And it's the righteousness of Himself now that He looks at. He sees you as Christ. You are hidden with Christ in God. Oh man, that's cool. All right, I saw a hand wave back here. Yes. Um, I have noticed that when I just enjoy the presence of God, like just praise Him, like I always, it's not out of pride, but I just randomly get a thought of someone and I call them and they're like, girl, that was such a perfect timing. Where did you get that from? Like, it's, and it's random. It's because I'm just enjoying him. Like, I'm a dancer, so I dance. That's what I'm supposed to do. I dance. And I'm in my time of dancing, I'm like, oh my gosh, i got to pray for this person. And it's very powerful. So, so many, I've also grew up in a very religious 
church. I call it spiritual abuse, really, since I was 13. So it really did some harm for, for a child. But thank God that he spoke to me and, and directly and, and gave me word that led me here. Because I, I was to the point I didn't want to believe a pastor. I didn't know what he was going to say. I, I was like, God, speak to me directly. And he gave me a lot of word. And when I came to Grace and Pastor Clark said everything that God gave me, I said, this is the church. Mm-hmm. But back to what I'm saying, people get so focused. Relig- religion gets so focused on I got to do for God. I have to serve. I have to go and seek and save the lost. There's nothing wrong with that. But first is to praise him. You praise him, and then he is able to go and seek and save the lost. It's not your responsibility. It's the responsibility of Christ. Enjoy him. Yes, good word. Oh, man. Guys, remember this. Our relationship from the Lord not only takes us out of the kingdom of darkness, but it also takes us away from our experience of religion. We're outside of religion. Christianity is not a religion. As a matter of fact, the term religion in its truest Latin form literally means to bind again. It means to return to bondage. The term religion. And the only way you can do that is to place a person under strict guidelines and um, statutes and things that they must accomplish in order to be something. God took it away. The scripture actually says that not only did he remove the remembering of our sins, and he called it like the slate or the scroll, but then he took the slate or the scroll and he discarded it. Not only does God not take into account our sin anymore, he doesn't even have anything to keep a record of it. He doesn't write it down and try to remember it. Now, I write things down in lists and try to remember them. God is so far beyond us because God doesn't have to remember anything because he's so creative, everything is in the now and the future. Oh, yeah, Justin? I remember when James shared with us that demonstration of the two lamps. What you're saying just takes me back to there. And I'm not really good at the one being to explain what he said, but, you know, we got to touch on that again, you know, for some of those who didn't hear that. And it's it's just sometimes seeing things demonstrated soaks in a little better, you know, and that's that's a real good one. I I hope that that we can do that again sometime. What he's talking about, the experience, James did an object lesson one day where he took three lamps and he put them beside each other had 100-watt bulbs in each one. Different ones were covered with different articles. Some you couldn't even see the light because of the heavy covering, that which would it, uh, in, in be holding you back from seeing the light. But as things were removed and the scales were removed, revelation took place. When you got to the heart of the matter, the heart of that lamp was a 100-watt bulb. Okay? Somebody raise their hand back here. I saw another one. Ah, yes. Okay. Guys, this has been rich and good. You inspire me just being around you guys. It wants me to not just live on the face of the earth a little bit longer, but it wants me to continue my life in Christ. And as the sister said, when you begin to, as we are experiencing this incredible relationship with God, you can't help but tell 
your your spouse or your your family, your extended family, your friends, the people you work with, you can't help but tell them the good news. It's so good. It's unspeakable. Sometimes you get tongue tangled. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, 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 you know? I do that so often. I'll be sitting with a client or something, and we'll be talking about business. And I'll, I have a salutation that I use when I'm, I'm shaking somebody's hand. I look at them and I say, man, it's been really good to be with you. Have a supernatural day. And they go, what do you mean by supernatural day? <laughs> That's when I go, ooh, <laughs> how long you got? <laughs> oh, it's, it's incredible. Let's pray in our time together this morning, and we'll join another host of saints and be encouraged. Pastor Bill Snell is going to be talking more today about our receiving in Christ. Lord, thank you. Thank you for righteousness. Your righteousness. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to work at being righteous because you are righteous. Lord, we simply continue to believe. We're like Paul says, we will fight the good fight of faith. We want and desire and continue to believe. Thank you for taking us in your arms, Lord, and caring for us. Thank you for taking us beyond ourselves into a realm that we can't see right now, but we know in our hearts. Because, Father, as a new creation, we are joined to you because of what Christ has done. Thank you, Father, that even right now we celebrate with those that were in Sheol. We can't even begin to think about what they're doing other than what we read in Scripture about them celebrating and worshiping around the throne of God. And Father, our hearts are anticipating whether we draw our last breath and we see you by the laying down of these physical bodies or whether you split the eastern sky and we see these hosts of millions of believers through the ages. It's going to be radical. And we praise you for it. We love you, God. Thank you, Father, for letting us have supernatural days. In Christ and the saints say, Amen. God bless you guys.